cliffcentral.com Live on Cliff Central. Yo, 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 this is the threaded man in the house, aka Siabonga Beile, and we're back at it with the threaded exchange. And of course, I've got the best team with me. Guys, stop fidget- fidgeting in studio. Like, I can actually hear you twisting and turning your, your headphones and everything. What is this? Come on, let's be professional. Please. <laughs> we can't, yeah. As you, as you know, it's a Monday. We're back here with the Thread Exchange. It's about conversations that are cultured and brave. And it's hosted by myself, Siabonga Bele, as well as my team. I've got Simbongile. I've got Didintle. I've got our guest, Klochi, who I'll tell you about in a second. And of course, I've got Ricardo Marcus Snipe, who is the visual director of The Threaded Man. Last week, we had Uluyanda Mafanya, who told us about her cooking business and her cooking empire and how she's used social media to raise awareness around food. And now, a day later, she tweeted that she'd like to cook for Caspanio Vest, and it turned out to be a success. Sim, how wild? Yeah, that's very wild. All I have to say is she must just go shasha in the kitchen. She must go shasha. She must. <laughs> she must fill up. Casper's she must fill kitchen. up the kitchen. <laughs> she must fill up the. How are you guys doing today? How are you doing this morning? Sim, how are you doing? Didi, how are you doing? I'm sick. Okay, we just came back from Cape Town. Yeah. And I think I I drank the tap water there, and I don't think I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I'm being dead serious. Like I realized only yesterday when when I met up with my friend, and she was just like, "No, she's not drinking the water." And I remembered that I had. I think I drank it at least three times. Oh we my just god! Spoiled in Job, okay? Job, we just oh my god! <laughs> just take it for granted. Yeah, and I, I see Ricardo's wearing what is this Japanese thing? I only see people in Japan wearing that stuff. And Ricardo's. I'm also currently sick at the moment, so you know, I don't want to infect. I'm just pulling that Asian kind of swag. So basically, well. when you're sick, <laughs> so when you're sick, we should be wearing those masks. Yeah, yeah, you know. So why where's in. your mask? Keep it within. Um, I'm living vicariously through Ricardo's mask. <laughs> <laughs> Didi, how are you doing? Um, I'm good. We've I'm been good. stressing you lately. Oh my god. We, we're doing, Can we not talk about it? We're not talking about it, but yeah, we we we're doing a cool trip. But I'm soon. good. I love the stress. Like, it, it keeps me on my toes. Yeah, you so, like you like the stress. Yeah. Okay. That, that that's great. But yeah, guys, the show is not about my team and I. It's about Trochi. Um, Trochi Li Cholonyane. Did I say that correctly? No. Can you can, can you say your full name? Because I feel like okay. your, your full my name. full name is Litlochonolo. My surname is Litzulonyane. So that's who is in studio She (laughs) is a graduate from Lysov I'm I'm reading this from her bio (laughs) So I I find that to be better Because I think it's better when people introduce themselves The things that I hate the most is when someone introduces you And they either call your name wrong Or they call your title wrong People still call me a blogger and I'm just like stop (laughs) (laughs) No, No shade to bloggers But I feel like you know, like, I'm, yeah, I'm doing the most. Stop yeah. calling me a blogger. But anyways, yeah. so, Cholonyane graduated from Lysov Fashion and Design Retail Institute, which is in Johannesburg in Bulgari. Yeah. Uh, got into Edcon graduate program. Later got promoted into their cosmetics buying department. Found the work underwhelming, but could only find openings in similar roles, eventually taking another for the better pay. She says, my disappointment evolved into a sense of desperation to be heard. So is the, is in the only option when the world doesn't offer a space shaped to your liking. I decided to carve out something new, launching a new label on Instagram called Own It Intimate Wear, and I ran a startup academy called Own It. 
um, and the and the academy, I might be a lecturer, which is yeah. exciting. Which is exciting. <laughs> so so yeah. So Tlohi is an, a young business woman powerhouse. She runs Own It Intimate, which I've seen all over Instagram. I've seen all over Twitter. It's been trending. People are retweeting. People are doing the most, saying the most about your brand. So yeah. I'm really, really excited to just talk to you about that. You know, when you think about, you know, intimate wear, what is intimate wear? And, you know, people think, I always say this on the show that people, because fashion is such a huge thing right now, people think they should all be bloggers. You know, people yeah. are not seeking to create businesses. And I want to talk, you know, I want to talk to you about your business and how, why you chose intimate wear. And, you yeah. know, intimate wear, you know, people are, people are afraid of going against big brands, you know, yeah. and you've taken that step to be like, you know what? We don't have to be fed everything the Europe and America feeds us or whatever Woolworths is giving us. We yeah. can actually grow our own intimate wear brands. So I'm very, very excited to, to, to dive into that and hear your thoughts and to also just, yeah, what made you start this and also own it Academy, you know, yeah. that is, I think is incredible. You know, fashion in the country is not accessible and a lot of people don't understand the business of fashion. So I want to dive into that and also talk about Lysoff. You okay. know, you, I, I went to Lysoff. I <laughs> didn't finish. So I want to also just dive into that. But before we do, I want to get the vibe up. Um, okay. this is currently my favorite song. I dedicate this to you. All right. And yeah, and I hope the conversation will be light. And this song should kick off that tone. Yay! Yo, yo, yo! Okay, we're back at it again on the Thread Exchange. I've got Tlochi, who's going to tell us about her incredible business and what it is that she does and how she has built her empire. Tlochi, how are you yes. doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What is, what is it like to wake up being a black woman who's slaying, who's just like, I'm going to bust up on the whole world? Oh my goodness, it's so hard. <laughs> Why is it so it's hard? hard. Tell me. It's You're hard because me sad. You're making me sad. Why why is it hard? Because um it's different when you're own. It's not secure. There's so many challenges that you um have to fight every single day. Um yeah, it's not that easy. It's not as easy as it easy it's not as easy as it looks. Yeah. Yeah. But you love it anyways. I love this it. Is why I we, love it so is, much. This is why we do it. But let's 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 run it back a little bit. Okay, cool. Chloe. Why yeah. fashion? In God's name, why fashion? What made you go, go to Lysoff? Yeah. Okay, so um, straight after high school, I got a part-time job in a clothing shop. I don't know if you guys remember Urban. Urban I remember Marie. Urban. Platinum Group. Yeah, yeah. Platinum, Platinum Group. group. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they like bankrupt right now? <laughs> apparently, yeah, their shops closed down. But apparently they're on the come up, like with something new. Anyway... Um, yeah, I used to work there part time and I really enjoyed interacting with customers, making sales and selling the clothes. Um, but after working there, I went to Cape Town to study quantity surveying. After a year, I dropped out because I actually missed that job. Um, <laughs> so I went to Lysoff and I begged my parents to take me to Lysoff and my dad said no, but my mom said yes. So. Um, my mom got me into Lysoff and, um, I went in with, uh, a, like wanting to be a buyer, a fashion yeah. buyer. And even after the first year, um, we had to choose 
um, between commercial and design. I went yeah. into co- the commercial side of things because I wanted to know the business side of things and I wanted to become a buyer right after I graduated. Yeah. So yeah, that's how I got into fashion and retail. And what year was it that you were at Lassau? I also went to Lassau. Really? Yeah. I went, I was there in 2010. 2010. Okay, yeah. no, yeah. I was, <laughs> I'm still a young girl. Yeah. Uh, I, I came way, 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 way after. Did you also went to Lysoft? Oh, actually. is it? I think yeah. her and I are Lysoft dropouts. Oh. Yeah, so I'm happy that you went to the finish line. Um, yeah, we, we couldn't last it. Is it? So you guys senior. commercial students? Or? No, I was a design student. Were uh, you? Commercial. She was commercial. commercial. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. Right, we all were right. broke, no money. I know. That's the and, thing, though. And I was just genuinely fucking fake. <laughs> I was genuinely just fucking failing. I couldn't drop a shit. Um, I remember actually sitting in like uh, sewing for like a hundred yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. I remember Wendy, my textiles lecture. Mm-hmm. I couldn't keep all the uh, you know textiles, the like swatches. the swatches. Yeah. I lost. Time. I was horrible. I hated. No, I can. I like. I understand what you mean. It was horrible. Like yeah. that first year learning how to sew. It's frustrating, especially if it's not your thing. Yeah, but fashion's yeah. always been my, like fashion was my thing, but not what I was or what, what I was you were studying. Doing. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I just hated everything. I just yeah. wanted to be there. That place is just so, oh my God, yeah. I hated it. How would you describe <laughs> your life of years and what are the key, that's another thing I think most yeah. people always ask me, is it like viable to go to a fashion school or is it easy to just use the internet, become a blogger and become famous and make money? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I found from experience that a lot of people in fashion, actually, even your best magazine editors in this country don't know shit about fashion. Like, yeah, yeah. They can't even describe a garment that's down the runway. Yeah. And I think life of helped me in terms of Getting that vocabulary. Yeah, definitely. So when people ask me about definitely. should I go to fashion school, should I not? I think going to fashion school isn't the only way to succeed in fashion. But yeah. if you want to carry depth, it does help. It does. But I mean, what is what is your? It experience? does. I mean, while I was at Lysof, I was also working part time. Um, yeah, p- working part time at the shop. So um, I think Lysof was a great foundation in the sense that it. Um, it opened me up to the world of fashion, how, you know, the vocab, like you're saying, the knowledge, the textile side of things, the business aspects. And it was a solid, good foundation. Um, and it, it set me up for work. It set me up to be able to go find a job and work elsewhere. Um, but uh, it didn't kind of set me up to be an entrepreneur. And... Um, that was the only um, downside of it all. But it, when I was there, I didn't actually want to be an entrepreneur. I didn't have those goals and aspirations. But when I look back, I think that's what um, I would have loved to learn when I yeah. was there, like how to make money straight out of varsity. You yeah. Know, how to was be- your intention to always, you know, leave last off and work for someone and never starting your own thing? Then yeah, funny enough, like we were, we always, we were always, always given careers that we'd end up in. So that is what you'd aspire to becoming, like a fashion buyer. After yeah. this, I'm going to graduate, go to Ed Connor Woolworths, and become a buyer. Yeah. Um, but when you get to those sort of environments, it's a whole new ball game, you know. Um, yeah. the steps you have to take, um, you have to work extra hard, and then that's where I found. That out that actually I want to be my own woman and I want to start my own brand. Yeah. yeah. What, what what gave you that click to say, yo, actually I want to start my own thing and I wanna I want you to give me more of an insight of, you know, you 
before you go to Lysoff yeah. or before you go to a fashion institution, you're still dreaming about fashion. There's a whole lot of it's sort of a glamorized picture that you have from what you see on magazines, what you see on TV. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, I want to be in fashion. You go yeah. to Lysoff, you're in an institution where you get to actually see the real industry. Yes. What was that like for you? What were the things that you thought before stepping into fashion? Mm-hmm. And what are the things that you discovered? Through studying fashion That you're like Actually it's not how it is It's yeah. not what this is like Can yeah. you give us Can you give me more insight Into that Um, well, Growing up I used to watch Fashion um, reality shows Like Laguna Beach And Lauren Conrad Was a fashion intern Or yeah. they were into fashion yeah. And that's And that's, in the city <laughs> They were in the city Yes I remember <laughs> You yeah. know Yeah And um, That was what I thought Fashion was going to be But I was very naive In the sense that um, It's different It's Totally different environments, yeah. uh, totally different um, economic environments, especially. So um, going into fashion school, like at Lysoff, I learned that there's the business side of it. Like you either want to, you either go into it as a creative wanting to design or whatever, or you go into it wanting to actually make a living. Yeah. And that's the part that, that's the reality that we all get faced with after Lysoff or after fashion school. Like, Okay, I need to make money now. Yeah, and I come to the end for now. Something, it's something I used to say at fashion school, and <laughs> something that actually bothered me is that I would sit in class with all these students that want to be magazine editors. Everyone yeah. wants to be Anna Winter. Everyone wants to be Grace Coddington. Yeah. Everyone wants to be a stylist, and I would be like. Guys, do you realize who's going to hire you? Like who? I'm like, who's going to hire you? If you think of the fashion magazines in SA, there's probably like 10 to 12 mm. maximum. Mm-hmm. And the fashion editors are not going to leave their jobs just because you graduated. No. They're still going to stay at their jobs. They're still going to stay There's there. a lot of stylists who are styling everybody. But yeah. now I'm not going to just hire some grad. Yeah, they're not veterans the in the game. You know what I'm saying? We need <laughs> yeah. more fashion people to think about building. Yes. Especially in this country because... We don't have a developed fashion industry. Yes. So I found a lot of last of students at the time being like, yeah, I'm going to be the stylist and this. I'm just like, but since I come to the for no. like, well, people are not lining up to hire you. And especially <laughs> so for the true. fact that like fashion is seen as an industry that is very shallow and very glitz and glam. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like we love, it's not like being a lawyer where there's law firms that you can approach. Like I want to work here and lawyers mm-hmm. are always needed and child accountants are always needed. Fashion people are not necessarily always needed. Like if people had to cut something out, they'll be like, let's cut fashion out. You know what I'm saying? Like, so having that mentality of like, yeah, I'm going to be a stylist. I'm going to work for Al. It's like Al already has a team. Which yeah, means there exactly. is no job for you. Exactly. You know, and those, the, that's the thing. Those aren't the careers. Those are some of the careers that only f- like f- the fashion students want to focus on yeah. and they don't realize that it's so saturated you're not going to make it if anything you're going to get an internship with a magazine yeah. and they're probably not going to pay you yeah you know what i mean definitely, definitely. <laughs> so you graduate from lysoff yeah what happens you enter the edcon yeah the I EdCon enter graduate the EdCon program graduate program and um we have this whole merchandise um course that we went through it's basically buying and planning and it's all um great there's maths there's um marketing aspects um i really loved it um we bought in new brands like victoria's secret law well, in my department victoria's secret gosh cosmetics um it was really great i was like I was opened to a lot and I learned so much, but I was at a point where I felt like I needed, I know so much and I think I can do so much with what I know. I decided to, um, open up, I mean, register my own business and, um, yeah, I left the business registered for like a year before I actually started trading. (laughs) Um, 
So, yeah, I opened Own It Intimate Way because of the fact that there's a whole story behind it. I grew up insecure, grew up tall really quickly, grew boobs very quickly, grew stretch marks everywhere. And I was very, like, lacking in terms of, I lacked in confidence when I was growing up. And then, um, yeah, later when I was, when I got into my 20s, I started being comfortable in my own skin. So for me, opening up, um, Own It Intimate Wear was fitting. And I opened a business that can, that women, of different colors, different shapes, different bodies can relate to. Yeah. yeah. And just when when you had, you're saying that you grew up very insecure. Yeah. And, you know, self-confidence, your body, you grew very quickly. Everyone's yeah. like, oh my God, you like... What's happening? 16 with giant boobs. <laughs> what is happening? Yes. <laughs> so how did you... A lot of young black Africans or a lot of young black South Africans face a lot of things, you know, depression, you know, someone wants to become a musician, their family tells them, no, you need to get a solid degree. You know, Mm -hmm. as black people, we're always just confined to take professional routes according to our parents. And so what made you feel that you could take your pain or your insecurity, your struggle and turn it into something positive? What made you think that way and reshape it that way? Um. I was also at a point where I had lost my dad like two years before I opened my business. So I needed to, um, for me, it was very important to start building something that, um, can, you know, set, be a foundation for my kids. Um, so something that can grow and become progressive and build wealth for my kids and their kids later on. And, um, from my father's death, I learned a lot about money because you, you know, you deal with, Lawyers deal with this and that So I gained a lot of financial education So that was also one thing That inspired me to become um, An entrepreneur and start something quickly And I was at the point where I could afford to start something quickly I hadn't occurred like debt Like large debt Um, I was young so I decided Right now is the right time to do it Before I grow up And have babies and things So now, so now, now this is taking place. You're at the Ed Congraduate Program. Yeah. You get promoted. You end yeah. up working for Edgars. Yeah. Tell me your experience in retail. Mm-hmm. Where do you think brands are going wrong? Because the fact that you left, you know, that sort of professional setting. So whether it'd been at Edcon, whether it had been at Woolworths or whatever retail space, I think you would still would have left to pursue, yeah. you know, your, yeah. your, your own company. What were the things that you felt retail didn't represent for you that pushed you to be like, actually, I want to start my own thing? Yeah. So for me, the working environment, right? Um, as black people, and white people, like we, everybody's struggling in terms of employment and everybody's um, holding on to their jobs for dear life. Um, and me coming up as a graduate or a junior, um, working my ass, well, working hard, um, I looked at things and saw that actually for me to get a promotion or to get to where I want to get in like three, four years time, this person over here is going to have to resign or get promoted. And that person in front of me has been here for 20 odd years or 15 years. So actually it's not going to happen unless I switch companies or go into a different division or maybe decide to study something different and go into a different um, industry. So yeah, at that point I was very frustrated. Do you think, do you think big brands and all honesty, do you think big brands care about black people or are they using us as marketing because being black is not the cool thing? 
you I know, mean, because what I've seen, you know, because no, seriously, like, yeah. you know, if, if I look at South Africa over in social media over the last three years, yeah. you know, we as South Africans adopted the whole Black Lives Matter thing, mm-hmm. looking at our counterparts in America. Mm-hmm. And we started doing threads about celebrating being black, you know, there'll be show your, show your, show your thighs, you know, just black women and, and black people just celebrating who they are. And now yeah. because of that, a lot of brands are like, okay, cool. This, being black thing is actually pretty a cool trend. and also <laughs> it's a trend and also the rise of the street culture in Johannesburg looking at places like Brown, Maboneng yeah. and now if you look at brands like Woolworths they you know they adverts they're using people in those spaces yes. but then I wonder in my mind is that are we being used because it's like the thing to capture more black people yeah. or do brands actually care about Trochi who's the face do they care about her business who she is so for example Mante Ribane you know the 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 Dear Ribane group mm-hmm. has been used by Woods I see them on the billboards and I'm like this is so dope like it's cool to see them but I'm like does Woods care about their careers you know yeah. like they're going overseas you know those kind of yeah, things yeah. and as someone who's worked behind retail in those conversations do brands actually care um I mean, everybody's going to look after their own interests first, right? So I think that they care to an extent, but not to the, to the extent that they care about your business and how far you are going to grow. Yeah. So it's actually up to you when you're sitting down and you're negotiating these terms or whatever the agreement is to, you know, deliberately make sure that you're going to negotiate terms that are going to um, take your business to a different level. And they're going to change your business. Um, I think brands are looking out for themselves. They're trying to, which is, which makes business sense. Makes business sense yes. yes. And, um, they're trying to get into different markets. Um, maybe the black market, you can put, um, black personalities into, like, as you advertise, but must also, um, Look at the fact that not all black, it's gonna look, it's gonna be aspirational to some people. Not all black people can afford your witchery or whatever. It's most, yeah. mostly gonna be aspirational, which is great for social media because everybody's gonna follow them. It's gonna be a cool thing. People are gonna start speaking about them and yeah, it's gonna bring them a couple of sales. Yeah. So I think Ricardo has a few ad libs to add. You looked at me <laughs> funny. What's up, Ricardo? Talk to no, me. I'm just, I'm listening, but I, I, I mean, capitalist system brands yeah. are always going to have their own back I mean yeah. it is up to you to kind of take that that platform that they've given you and use it in your own way Yeah, yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask you yeah. in terms of kind of moving from a job to starting your own business what was the the, the scariest thing and, and how did you overcome it just for people who were, were trying to start their own business and yeah. want to leave their jobs and so what was the, like the the biggest thing for you when leaving a job and, and starting yeah. your own business so after Ed Con I went into a job that paid more it was like a clothing a manufacturing business that made uniform for hotels and casinos. So I was their design consultant and I designed these uniforms for Sun City, the Maslow, um, the Saxon. That business was, um, going through a tough time where the factory was now, it had to close down. And that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to start trading now. So, um, the scariest thing was the fact that I needed to go into my savings and I might not get a salary or I'm not going to get a salary (laughs) for quite a while. (laughs) So that was really, really scary. It was scary, but, um, it was more scary for, well, it was really scary for me. It was scary for my mom and my family, but I overcame that because I really, I I pushed my brand. I decided if I'm going to start something, I need to start with one thing. And I literally started with like a bodysuit in different colors and I pushed that to the max and people came, they loved it. I managed to 
make a lot of money in a space of a really short time and I was able to pay my bills and things worked out. But like any business, over time you get months where exactly it's up and down. You get months where you don't make sales. You get months where you do make sales. You just have to be smart about how you go about things and how to um, move yeah. forward with your business. Yeah. We always, um, with my head stylist here, Didi, yeah. we're always discussing how, you know, the thing about South African designers is that they suck at editing. And mm. what I mean by editing is knowing how to sell product. Mm-hmm. You know, when you present your show, it's well and good to have a thousand different things layered on, but how do you make it make sense to the consumer? And I think yeah. Didi would like to ask a question about mm-hmm. that. How did you sort of, Didi, go ahead, let, yeah, let me let you um, ask it. Well, my first question was going to be what Ricardo, what Ricardo asked on how, like, for a lot of young people now in studying their business, it's, it always goes back to capital. They yeah. don't have the money. Yes. To, they don't know where to go, how to go about it and stuff. So yeah. I was going to ask you that and how you gathered your capital to start your own business. Yeah. And then also how like you put like your product together to be like for it to be because I feel like there's a lot of like, um, girls who are trying to sell the whole bodysuit vibe, but like some don't know how to sell it to the customers and mm, stuff. Mm-hmm. So people don't know also how to consume it yeah. because like, okay, you're selling this bodysuit, but you know, yeah, what does yeah. it mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so with regards to funding, right? Um, I didn't know before I started my business, I had a whole business plan and a whole strategy and this is how much I needed to start my business. I didn't know that if I go to a supplier and buy five meters of fabric, go to a manufacturer and pay for a pattern could cost me less than 2000 Rand. And to take those photos, I can always ask a friend or whoever. And that just takes time and like, commitment between you and your friend and all it takes is putting it on social media and saying this is what I'm doing this is what I'm selling it doesn't take 50 100 200,000 to yeah, start yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hence I started the academy because nobody knows that this it, it, it doesn't take that yeah. it doesn't take all that to start your business um so in terms of funding like the funding will come um in time, but you should also be smart and focus on a product and focus on a story that follows through with your product. You know, yeah. don't just start a name that is in vain, like um, Chloe's lingerie, for example. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It makes Intimates. no sense to anybody. Um, yeah. You are making it a personal thing, and at the yeah. end of the day, you're not the person that's going to make yourself rich exactly. or wealthy. You, people need to a- be able to consume things that they understand and mm. things that they relate to. People yeah. love things that they can relate to and stories that they can relate to, and it needs to be a real story. So yeah, yeah don't restrict anybody with y- 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 your business is also in your name, so your brand is important. Yeah. Um, and then what was your other question? I think. Yeah. Can I answer? Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, okay. okay. I'm also going to say that <laughs> what like fashion school taught me, and yeah. like everyone who went to fashion school, is that like collaborative effort is like key. If you yes, have a friend yes, who's like yes, yes. a photographer, you're a designer, you want to put your brand out yes. there. Get together, do the things, cook the pots, and put it on social media. And see what happens. Social media is magic. Integrated social media is amazing. Yeah, I think I want to get some people to give us some of their feedback. So, guys, please WhatsApp us on 079-748-2090. Also, we are live on the Cliff Central app. 
please get it on your phone. Please support a black show, <laughs> black people. Come on, support us. <laughs> and also, you can also download our previous podcast. You can also catch up on our previous podcast. And after the show, we're going to be tweeting the link about today's podcast. And I think we've been talking quite a lot. Let's take a musical breather to okay. recollect ourselves. <laughs> and Imnandi, the conversation. And so due to that, I'm going to dedicate another song to you, Tlochi, yes. which is by DJ Sindo. And he called Imnandi. Imnandi, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, this is the Thread Exchange live on Cliff Central with Siabonga Beyule. And of course, we're talking about conversations that are progressive, cultured, and brave. And this is a platform where we talk about black creatives or creatives of color doing incredible things across the African continent. Today, I have a power woman, someone I admire, who is black, who is slaying. Um, her name is Tlochi, and she's doing incredible things with her brand called, what, what is it called again? Name Own it Intimate Way. Own It Intimate Way. Yeah. Why, why the name Own It Intimate Way? Because and what would you yeah. describe as intimate way? Apparently, it's not lingerie. <laughs> it's not lingerie. <laughs> So I want I want you to describe it to me. What what is own it intimate wear? Own it intimate wear is garments that you are garments that you can wear in and out the bedroom. That's what that's how I design them. So for some people, for when I started, I designed the bodysuits to be worn in the bedroom, and then the customers decided to wear them to the club. So I found that I need to, so I saw the need of me, I needed to design garments that um, can be worn in and out the bedroom. So that's my definition of intimate, you know, and then yeah. owning it, own it came from the whole body insecurity thing. I needed to um, own my body from every floor to every, I don't know, glory. So, yeah. and I needed to encourage others to own it. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Now let's talk about, I want to dive into a bit about how you market your brand. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, that's another thing I think people get wrong. There was a whole debate last week about how Margaret Zhang said that she doesn't want to be called a blogger because she isn't a blogger and she uses blogging as a way of promoting her work. Mm -hmm. um, she's not out there to wear outfits and show off. She's there to showcase her work. And in some extent, I could say you're also a micro blogger. Mm. And instead of blogging about fashion, what you're wearing, you blog about your brand yeah. and give people an insight. So was that a strategy to you to be like, oh, there's all these influencers and bloggers. I'm going to be an influencer for my brand because I've seen you wearing your stuff and yeah. the stuff trending online. Was that were you ever conscious of using that movement to promote your brand? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I was working at Edcon, we had um, marketing plans and social media plans. And oops. Are you, are you okay? uh, yeah, I'm good. And that's where I saw the need to um, hop into the integrated social media trend because yeah. um, it's very powerful. So, uh, yeah, I draw up plans and I decide what I'm going to put on social media and I make it work. I collaborate with um, some really, um, what's this, people socially... What's the word I'm looking for? Influences. Influential people. I don't want to call anybody an influencer. So you use influence as a way to 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 drive your brand as well. Yeah, because I realize I recognize they, what they're doing. 
yeah. they recognize what I'm doing. Why haven't you hit me up though? Look, look at yeah, that. Like, my, my chest size is pretty good. My chest size is pretty good. Wow, my leg wow. game is on fleek. You know what I'm saying? No. Make me what are these things that men are you wearing know? now that's trending? Is it let's like the bodysuits? The the the, the, romper. the romper. The romper, yes, the romper. Don't make so your romper. Make me a nice intimate, a velvet a velvet <laughs> nyana, <laughs> intimate <laughs> bed romper. I'll make your romper. And then when I, I remove you. it, I can romp around. This conversation I'm way too sexual on this show. I feel like this should be a sex show, but yeah, I mean I don't think Gareth will allow if me. If you think that is sexual. <laughs> I don't think mm. Gareth will allow me. <laughs> so it's not sexual. No. Uh, okay. That's not the definition of sexual. Oh, oh snap. There okay, I'm gonna go to Gareth. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but Chloe, what are what are the some a lot of people I always I'm something that I'm very passionate about in South Africa, I think, is startups. Yes. I mean, I run a startup with my team and, and I think this country is not built for startups mm-hmm. because economically, number one, let's not even go there, but also access to capital, access to funds. And also people don't genuinely, and also big brands don't necessarily want to support startups. They see startups as a threat. And so a lot of startups, startups die on a daily basis, especially startups of people of color. Yeah. Now, what are some of the battles that you have been through that you would like to share, especially as a black woman, you yeah. know, Going into sort of intimate now, you're gonna start doing lingerie. What are some of the the heartbreaking moments that you sit at home? Because I have those too sometimes. Yeah. And I go home and I just like, fuck, I'm so angry. I want to cry. The world doesn't care about black Japanese, <laughs> but then tomorrow I'm like, okay, cool. Let me get it together. Let me go again. Yeah. So what are those moments where you felt like giving up, or you felt like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that this is what it's like? Yeah. I mean, I've applied for funding with many people, and at the end of the day, they all think. Sure, she's selling panties. <laughs> That's how they you know what I mean? about Victoria's Secret. <laughs> she's selling panties and it's fashion and people perceive it as frivolous, you know, but people don't understand that retail is a billion dollar industry. People buy panties every other day. And Africa's in about $35 billion at the moment. <laughs> That's what they don't even know. <sighs> yeah. People buy panties every single day. And even the customer themselves, they don't understand um, what it takes to build a South African brand. So they will, some will be ignorant and say, I can easily get this at Mr. Price. Yeah. I can easily get this at another big brand. And that's, it just shows you that actually customers don't know what goes into um, making clothes. Yeah. And they won't go as far as consuming your product because they're already attaching it to big brands yeah. like Victoria's Secret. Like you can never compare own it to Victoria's Secret right now because the one is made in China or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm here. I'm a startup in South Africa. It costs me so much to actually make the garment. Yeah. And now I have to promote it and sell it. But those who actually understand what it takes and Understand what it goes, what goes into creating a brand will consume your product. Like in the yeah. shop in Parkhurst, like you'll have customers come in. Oh, are you the designer? Do you make these? Yes, I make them and they buy the, and support without flinching because they understand what needs to happen for us to grow as an economy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. Um, uh. you, you do, you have a store in Parker's, like, as you just mentioned, mentioned, and you also have your online store. Um, what do you, what would you say is the difference between the two and why do you need both or why have you chosen to have both? 
Um, previously, I used to stock my um, garments in Bram um, and in a shop in Pretoria and sell online. <clears throat> and the challenge was um, my business died sometimes because the the garments would sell out. But can I say something? Can I stop you there? When you say your business, that's what people don't <laughs> understand about a journey. For them, for them, it's always. When they see you, they're like, oh, she's red, she runs a yeah, business. When no. you say your business died a couple of times, yeah. what do you mean by that? And what killed your business? And how did you bounce back all the time? Yeah. So when I'm, when I say my business died sometimes, it's when I've, when I have cash flow problems. Um, you, you I'd, I'd make products, give it to a shop and we'd have an agreement to say, okay, this is when I'm going to sell my product. The, when it's sold or whatever the agreement is, you're going to pay me. On this date at this time. Yes. So sometimes it didn't happen. Um, like I'm saying in business, people always look after their interests. So my business would die in the sense that I've sold my stock to a certain business, and, but my money isn't in yet. Mm. And you know, a business needs money to, to function. To function. So, um, um, my partner and I decided to open the shop in Parkhurst. Um, it, he owns it. I'm a stocklist in it. Um, in Parkhurst, the reception is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And I've been opened up to different customers as well. I, I At first, when I started my business, I was only selling to black women. But now I'm able to sell my products to white women, Indian women, different kinds, all sorts of women. And also women who don't complain about pricing or who actually understand what it takes to make a brand and what it what goes into um creating proudly south african product online i do sell garments online especially um they especially people to people in durban cape town and pe those ladies they are very very <laughs> um what's the name proactive they love mm-hmm. my brand and it goes there they don't some complain about price and when you do change prices people you do lose customers but it's actually something that you need to do to grow because you also have a plan for your business and you also need to you have targets and you know what you need to do or you know what targets you need to meet in order to grow your business Wow. Yeah. So, so, I'm sorry yeah. just to wrap that up. So you would say the value of like being online, especially for a small company, like yeah. you are, so you can't be all over South Africa. So you're saying that the value of being online is that you can actually reach other a, places a where you physically audience. aren't. Yes. Okay. It's amazing. Online is the best thing. I mean, like I'm saying, like I'm an advocate for integrated yeah. social media. Yeah. I'll always put money in it. Yeah. Always. What I, what I want to ask, you know, you're saying now that you've moved to Parkhurst, you've been exposed yeah. to different types of people that consume your product. Has now that shifted sort of your design thinking? Because um, of those definitely, definitely. Because, you know, black women tend to be more curvier than Indian women. Mm-hmm. Indian women tend to be a bit more tinier. Yeah. So looking at the different ethnic groups and sort of the different colors that they consume as well, because yes. colors means different things to different religions. Yes. Does that now, you know, come into your design process? Definitely. It definitely does. Because at the end of the day, I want to be a global brand. So I need to adopt, well, adapt to um, different women of different races of Different races of different sizes. So if I'm gonna get to where I'm going, 
or where I want to go, I need to be able to adapt. And yes, it has changed the way I design. It has to change the kind of fabrics I use um, and the functionalities of my bodysuits, for example. When I started, they had no straps. Now they actually have straps and I'm using lace. I'm using luxury fabrics like linen because they are luxurious women who want luxury fabric. Yeah. And that's why the prices go up. Yeah, because you that's why the prices go up. Because you want to improve your packaging, you want to pr- improve your labeling, you want to yes. improve the actual, you know, garments itself. Yes. And so we want to get to a point where I'm always a preacher for Africa's luxury. We want to get to a point where you are the next, yes. you know, big lingerie, yes. billion, billion dollar company in South Africa. Exactly. And, you know, what people have to understand is that billion dollar brands are not, they don't just come out come of Come out from nowhere. Yeah. yeah. They get yeah. built, they get built yeah. over time. And for me, it's always crazy when someone will be like, Oh, Louis Vuitton this, Gucci this. And then when you, someone like you brings out something that's not even half that price, probably a hundred times cheaper. It's, it's like, yeah, but you, you're too expensive. It's, yeah. And I, and I don't, yeah, yeah that kind of mentality. Buy, like an international brand and not like support like local brands and say, no, a thousand rand for whatever. It's too expensive. What do you mean? That same person is going to go to an Instagram boutique and buy a shoe for that same exactly. price. Exactly. Like, what never do you understand. mean? Do you and know how much work goes into producing this garment, the fabric that they buy, paying whoever's making them and packaging them well for you not to drag that person on Twitter and say, your <laughs> packaging is so bad. Da, yeah. da, da, da. Yeah, that's the, that, that's the other like uh, hard part because I have friends who are designers and um i think the customer the south african consumer needs to become a little bit compassionate not to say that they should um uh, what's this accept bad service or a mm, bad mm. bad product but they should understand this is that a work in progress process. we're building a whole exactly that's another thing i think yeah south african cons- consumers don't understand is that young Africans are building a new economy. Yes. You know, and young yeah. Africans in building the new economy, the new economy is about entrepreneurship. Yes. You know, Tlokikia is opening a lingerie company. And instead of saying, yeah, it's not like Victoria's Secret, it's not like Calvin Klein, why don't we support her so that she can get to that level? Exactly. You don't understand that the reason why she can't be at Calvin Klein, she doesn't have half the budget that they're using, half the access to the factories, half access to the designers and the, and the infrastructure. She's building her own infrastructure from scratch. Yeah. So South Africans and Africans, please support entrepreneurs when someone starts an idea it doesn't start off as luxurious it grows mm-hmm. into that into, over a yeah. period of time and through growth and sometimes I also feel the same way where it's just like yeah why should I spend a thousand rands on this and then next day someone goes spend like ten thousand bucks yeah. on a Calvin Klein bra yeah and exactly. it's like we want to ho- Homegrown, you know? Yeah, and most importantly, what people don't know is that that garment was actually made by someone in a South African factory who's you've empowered now just from buying that jobs. Thing, you know? Exactly. You've actually put food on her table, and this person is from the same village or from the same hood as. Your cousin or your sister. So you yeah. actually. Or the same hood as you. Uh, now, now that you're rich and you're you. living in Santon, you forget. You forget now. It's or the nice. same hood as you. So it's yeah. like a whole ecosystem that you actually need to be aware of. Yeah. Okay. okay so, but we're talking about educating people. I want to know about the academy. Yeah. I want to know how are you taking from everything that you, you see in the industry and you want to change and translating that into the academy and, and yeah. kind of showcasing and creating more um, learning environments with the yeah. fashion. So, okay, I'm not a millionaire or a mogul or whatever, but I, I think, <laughs> but I think I've got the knowledge and experience to know exactly what it, um, it takes to start up a brand with minimal, with, uh, with, uh, a, a tight budget 
and get something going. And that's what people always ask me all the time. Tlokhi, how did you start? Tlokhi, I want to start. Tlokhi, a business plan this. Tlokhi, can you help me with this? And it cost me so much money when I was starting and when I was sourcing all these places. I, I used up so much of my money because I didn't know where to go, where to start. I wasted petrol. I wasted time with this manufacturer. They did a bad job at production. Like I wasted so much money, right? So now, um, I felt like there was actually, I know enough to, to, to put you, lead you in the, in the right direction and to associate you and your business with the right stakeholders for you to start your business and start trading. And that's why I started the Startup Academy because you don't need to be a designer or know how to draw or whatever. You can be a doctor and still sell T-shirts. It's an extra, um, it's it's disposable income at the end and of the day. it could still be a part of your passion. That you exactly, yeah. it's part of your passion. You can be whatever you want and still sell something. And yeah. that's that's that that's the education that we're not um, given at a young age. You can do. You can become a trader. Become a trader in whatever you in whatever. Sell socks. Sell toothbrushes. Sell yeah. whatever you're selling. You can still keep your job. Just sell it and let's consume from each other. That's how we're going to grow. In wrapping up, I want to ask something that that's quite important. I think yeah. the journey of entrepreneur is a quite a complex one and a quite. Yeah. Different, you know, besides dealing <laughs> with everything that's happening with your business, you have to mm-hmm. deal with your private life as well. Yes. Now tell me, how do you balance that? You know, having, you know, a boyfriend or a lover or whatever, how do you balance, you know, spending time with your loved ones, not just relationship wise, but also your family, your friends? Yeah. How do you balance that in running a business? Because running a startup takes up all your time. It and does. All that stress can easily spill over to your personal life. And mm-hmm. sometimes you feel like people don't want to understand. Sometimes people just want too much of you. Mm. So how are you able to replenish yourself and still, you know, be full with yourself to be able to spend time with your family? Uh, it's hard. It's, it's very hard. Um, I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. You know, I come from a family of people with very, with stable jobs. Um, so I'm sort of the one that's out there doing this thing on their own. That's very, that's not secure and that's scary to not just me, but to my mother and everybody around me. And, um, it's just a thing of you need to, um, put your foot down and, Make sure you educate your family and your partner and your whoever you're with. Educate them about the process. Even your friends, because you lose friends because they actually don't understand that I can't go out for drinks tonight because yeah, I can't be this is my financial, you know, I don't <laughs> this have is my the financial money. situation. Yeah. And they'll be like, but oh, come on, like 200 rand won't hurt. But then you're like, oh my God. I can yeah. actually put petrol. To the next <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a Uber for a business meeting, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, it's very important to be around people who actually understand what entrepreneurship is about. That's very important. People who are not going to expect too much from you. Um, I'm lucky enough to be in a relationship where my partner is from an entrepreneurial family, so he knows exactly what it's about, the ups and downs. I'm, I, this is all new to him. It's new to, it's new to an entrepreneur every day, because every day there's something different yeah. that's happening in your life. So, um, I feel like I just went on now. Sorry? <laughs> For real. <laughs> <laughs> the volume just, um, went up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a struggle. It's a struggle, but yeah, it's not easy. 
but we make it. It's not <laughs> it easy, yeah. guys. That that you have it with Lochi. Like I can't believe it's been an hour. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness. I, I feel like I want to keep talking more. But <laughs> as she said, you need being an entrepreneur is not just about dealing with the issues you face in your business, but it's also about dealing with family. And I think family and friends need to sort of understand that journey. And you know, it's also just an emotional roller coaster that yeah. goes down. One month you feel like you're on top of the world and you're winning, and the next month you're sinking and you're almost losing your business. Mm-hmm. And that's the journey that an entrepreneur faces every single day, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into our show, The Threaded Exchange. And Black Business, please support Black Business. Please download our podcast. Listen to all the incredible stories of all these incredible entrepreneurs that have been on our show. Because, yeah, we want to be one of the biggest shows on Cliff Central. Well, and I liberate think, Africa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, wa- we, want to, we want to liberate Africa. And today's show, I'm going to close it with, with Rambo. And this is a song to say to Tlochi, do not give up. Please keep fighting for the stream. Because I know definitely one day you'll be a billionaire and probably one of the most influential businesswomen in the future of Africa. So thank you so much. Keep on going and keep on slaying. Thank you. Cliffcentral.com